What is going on, tribe? It's your man, Clef, and this is episode 31 of the Social African Show. You already know, it's the Social African Show, where we chop it up with entrepreneurs of African origin. And today, we've got none other than my sister, Charlene Shaw, is in the building, tribe. What is going on, Charlene? Hi, everyone. <laughs> ah, hello. Thanks for checking in. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Awesome. I'm very well. Are you ready to rock the show? Of course. I was born ready. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Now, for those in the tribe that don't know, Charlene Shaw is a London-based author. She's an English teacher and a freelance writer. As an English teacher, Charlene has seen firsthand the lack of black Asian minority characters portrayed in a positive way within literature on the curriculum. This is what made Charlene create a novel to challenge that stereotype. Our novel called Fall in Line gives an insight into the BAME community and how we sometimes struggle to come to terms with our identity. Charlene, I can't wait to dive into that book. Well, firstly, take it away. Let's talk a bit about your personal life and your heritage as well okay I was born in Hertfordshire in Stevenage in Hertfordshire just outside of London my mum is English and my dad is of Jamaican origin um, so I'm mixed race and growing up I was literally the only black person like in my school oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was literally me and my sister um, and a couple of my cousins but apart from that everyone else was white so um you could say I was I was brought up quite white I suppose or knowing my white heritage a lot more than like my my black my my Caribbean heritage um so yeah I, d I didn't really realize until I kind of got to university and then I was in such a diverse university that um it really made me realize I really don't know that much about um the other side of my heritage so mm. I started to really kind of invest and dive in and and like kind of immerse myself in the culture a lot more when I got to kind of 18, 19. That's crazy. You talked about a sister. Is it um, just you and your sister? How big is your family? Yeah, it's just me and my sister. Um, she's older than me. Although everyone thinks that I'm older because I've got grey hair. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean but to yeah, laugh. it's just me and my sister. It's okay. I'll let you off. <laughs> it's true. Oh, I have grey hair. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Now, there's something you touched on there that I wanted us to dive into. Being the only black girl, um, you and your sister being the only black girls in school, or the only black people at school. How was that for you? Um, it, was, it was a struggle mm. because... Obviously, there was no one around that looked like me. So I couldn't really identify with a lot of things. Um, and a lot of a lot of the time, like I've got really curly hair and like all my friends had straight hair. So I wanted straight hair um, and like makeup. They always started wearing makeup and there wasn't really anything I could wear because there wasn't anything in my shade. So it was quite it was quite hard kind of growing up because I felt a bit on the outside if that makes sense, like yes. everyone else seemed closer and they could, they could kind of identify more with certain things. And I always kind of felt on the, felt on the outside and a bit kind of isolated from everyone else. Like it wasn't really bad. I still obviously had friends and, and had a social life, but um, I definitely felt 
a little bit on edge for quite a lot of my kind of teenage years. And then you kind of um, got to age 19 when you went to university and, it, and then it all changed. Now, was that a bit of a shock for you or how, how did that happen? Did you just think, wow, there is a world out there? Talk to us about that. I was excited to go to uni because I knew it meant that I'd meet lots of people from different cultures and, and start to immerse myself in different cultures a lot more. Mm-hmm. So I was excited, um, but it was a massive shock and I kind of, got I got to university and I got a lot of the like a lot of guys like oh you only like white guys and and stuff like that so I kind of had quite a lot of um a lot of comments like that and uh you're you're white you're not embracing your black side and stuff like that Mm. and I I think (laughs) I come across as quite well spoken I think so everyone was like oh you're clearly like white you're white and all this and it was almost like being asked to kind of pick a side and I was like I don't really want to pick a side and I shouldn't have to pick a side um so I kind of yeah and I I kind of was was faced with that at the start of uni so I felt really confused and didn't know again didn't know how to fit in so I was kind of on the edge whilst I was a bit younger and then I grew up thinking going to uni thinking oh this this will be it I'll start to immerse myself more and then I kind of felt on the outside again um, on the other side of it, like trying to immerse myself into like black culture and stuff and felt on the outside again. So it was, it was really tough, but, um, I can imagine I managed, yeah, I managed to meet quite a, quite a few kind of really good people that, that I, I managed to socialize with a lot more and, and kind of learn a lot from them. So it wasn't all doom and gloom. I had a good time at uni. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say, do you, do you think that experience of growing up, how you grew up and then getting that eye opener at uni, albeit sometimes a bit harsh, people having a go, <laughs> do you think that shaped the woman you are today? Absolutely. Definitely. I think um, it made me, it made me realise, like on, on one side of it, I kind of felt like they had a point. Like I, I knew that I didn't really um immerse myself in like my uh black side almost so I kind of thought okay they've got a point like I do need to make more of an effort to to learn more about my culture and stuff like that so it was positive in that sense but obviously the way that it it was said was the was the negative side of it and the kind of bit that made me feel a bit oh so yeah it was a bit of an eye-opener but it definitely shaped the the way I kind of view the world and and try to shape like as a teacher I see a lot more kind of um, ethnicities in my classes than I had at school I actually work in the school that I went to um, and it's changed a lot since I was there so I try to I try to show my students that you know that they should open their eyes a little bit more and and immerse themselves in different cultures and stuff that's awesome Uh, I really wanted to go there thanks for taking us there and uh, you're obviously telling stories because you're a writer let's keep it going eh Mm -hmm. um let's touch on that so you're a writer an English teacher they all tie in right so teaching English and writing and your novel how did that all happen did you pick that up as a child when did you get the passion for writing and um having a way with words um, I think I've always been quite creative. Oh. I've always really enjoyed cr- creative writing and description and, and stuff like that. So it's always been there. And I used to write a lot when I was younger, um, kind of round about the age of 15, 16. I kind of wrote like poetry and, and short stories and and kind of used that as a way to kind of release any kind of fear and anxiety any kind of emotion really right. um, I kind of channeled through my writing then I stopped um for a good few years 
and then um when I I was about 21 22 when I first started training to be an English teacher and the changes in the education system really interested me and I thought that could make a really really good story and it literally started from there so that's how I wrote the book but I've always had a kind of creative background and always liked to to kind of immerse myself in in some creative writing that is awesome and you've been doing that ever since let's touch on you as a person in general uh, what would you say is one thing that you're very good at what is your area of expertise right now that's a really tough one. I'm going to go for the gym. Yeah. I'm really good at kind of sticking to a routine and going to the gym. Like I love being in the gym and like doing weights and stuff like that. So that's a complete curveball to writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but, but the, the thing I'm trying to pick out there is you're, you're regimented. So when you actually say, I want to do this thing, do you, do you organize yourself and you put yourself into it and just do it? And obviously that works for the gym. Does that work for you across um, all the other things you do? Yeah, I'm definitely a routine person and I have to have a structure to everything especially because I'm so busy because I go to the gym I work as a teacher which is a massive job in itself then I do all of the writing on top of it I also do tutoring so everything has to be structured and I literally structure every single day so I'm quite a control freak (laughs) and that is um that is exactly where i wanted to go with that question now you structure things you you're very organized and that's your expertise what's one tool that you use to kind of organize yourself um that you can share with us for myself it's like evernote i use evernote to just organize everything in my life really have you got a tool that you use um I literally I every day I I write myself a to-do list or the night before um and I do it just in like the notes on my phone I literally write down all the things I have to do and it literally has things on there that I do religiously every day anyway but I like ticking things off Mm -hmm. so it will literally have like gym um gym stretch morning upload on social media reply to emails like those are things I do every day but every day I write them down to tick them off because then I feel like I'm getting somewhere and I'm making progress each day. <laughs> nice. And you use the notes app on, uh, on the phone. Yeah. Nice and simple. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Cause sometimes you miss out on the really simple things that would actually make life a little easier. Thanks for taking us there. Now, if there's someone out there who's looking to get into, uh, teaching, writing. So I've just come out of college and I'm confused. I want to write a book. I want to sort of have a way with words. I'm interested in maybe teaching as you do. But, you know, what's one advice that you can give me to just help me get ahead? Okay, so in terms of um, wanting to get into teaching, definitely get some experience. So go back to go back to your old secondary school or primary school if you want to do primary um, and just speak to them and ask if you can come in and you can kind of shadow lessons and get an idea of what it's actually like to be a teacher. Because obviously as a student, you don't actually see the work that goes into planning teaching and, and kind of day-to-day stuff to do with teaching. So you've definitely got to go in and get the experience um, and then start looking at the kind of the different courses you can do. So there's two routes. You can either do a PGCE, which is all through university and you get a lot of support, or there's um, just initial teacher training, which is paid, and but you're in front of a class from September and they're your class. So you literally get thrown in on the di- in the deep end. Right. So in terms of teaching, those would be the kind of two different routes, but you've got to have like experience shadowing in a school first. 
um, it might be good to get a job doing like um, a teaching assistant and stuff like that right. because then you have an idea of what it's like day to day so that would be a good a good move as well okay um in terms of writing if you want to um, do any kind of writing blog writing or writing a book stuff like that the key is to write every day to find what you're kind of passionate about and just write about it like i i'm writing the second book at the moment and on my to-do list is work on the book even if i literally open up the document read the last paragraph and add one paragraph Mm -hmm. at least i've done something every single day because if you're not doing it every single day um you kind of get out of the habit of doing it and sometimes sometimes you need to be very regimented with it even though it kind of goes against being a creative if you're not working Mm -hmm. on it every day you kind of lose sight of of the kind of the bigger picture which is finishing what you started Mm -hmm. that's crazy and the value that i'm taking away from that is if you want to get better at anything just keep doing it as you said just keep writing just write so you know for anyone out there who's looking to get into the writing game if you're passionate about something just keep writing and to speak to that it's just like doing the podcast right Mm. episode one is not the same as the episode 25 just now because it gets better because I'm just doing yeah. it and I'm getting better as I do it. So thanks for taking us there. That is a value bomb I wanted to hold on to. Um, going going forward, I mean, um, in the enterprise, you talked about a second book, so you're working on that and in the entrepreneurial space. Um, where, where are you looking to take the writing and, and the books? Are you going to just put books out is are you going to do consultancy what's what does the future hold for the writing side of things um, the writing side of things i think i would love for for the for the writing to really take off and to be an established author right. i think that's very very hard um today i don't i don't think authors really make it until they've been doing it for a good kind of five six seven years almost so um it's just about keep pushing forward and keep plugging i think the book at the moment will be a trilogy. So I'm writing the second one at the moment, um, which I'm hoping will be out later on this year, probably more towards Christmas, um, followed by the third one. And then I want to go for the movie. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds big. good. I wish you all the best for that. Um, now, the, the whole entrepreneurship game and, and yourself being an English teacher now, I know how hard it is to actually teach well i don't know firsthand but i hear stories from friends of mine that are teachers and the likes i know it takes an entrepreneurial mind to actually get up and go into that class (laughs) with reality students and the likes um and obviously you're doing the freelance thing it's hard to put out uh, a book out there and hope for the best so far in your journey doing the sort of teaching and putting out your books and doing your writing and the freelance stuff what's been your lowest moment right i i got two i've got two lowest moments i think the the first one um it, it wasn't quite a lowest moment but it was a fear mm. that i had which almost stopped me from doing it in the first place right and that was actually telling my students that i'm writing and i want to release a book mm. because the book is aimed at young adults so i'm working with them every day and teenagers they have got a lot of opinions and they're very judgmental. <laughs> so and blunt. I was, yeah. So I was really worried actually about turning around and saying to them, do you know what? Like I'm writing a book and I'd quite like it if, you know, you could maybe read the first couple of chapters and stuff like that. That was really scary for me. Um, luckily, I got all the students on side and they're fantastic. Wow. Um, but that was a real kind of low point in terms of do I actually continue with this journey? 
um, or do I stop now? Because my confidence was very low at that point. So that's definitely one um, low point in terms of the teaching side of it and, and telling my students, sharing it with them. Um, but after I got over that and, you know, they, they've been really supportive, I started going for the publishing deals and stuff like that. I actually got offered a publishing deal and got to the point of receiving my publishing contract, but I wasn't happy with it. Right. So I challenged the the publishing house and said, I'm I'm not comfortable with these terms and conditions. Can we kind of um, look through it? And they actually um, pulled out and said, we're not going to offer you the deal anymore. Um, and they said it was because I was, I was unwilling to compromise um, and because it, it would take me too long to write the second book and stuff like that. So they, they kind of gave me a list of reasons why they were rejecting me. And that was really, really hard to process. I felt like I was failing the students that put a lot of kind of um, trust and faith in me to, to show them I could do it. I felt like I was letting them down. I felt like I was letting my family and friends down. And it was awful. I literally stopped looking at the at the book and pushing it for about six weeks wow. um, because I just felt really rubbish um, and really like I, it wasn't worth it and I shouldn't do it. And then I had a few um, a few kind of friends and family members saying, you've got to do it anyway. It's 2017. Do it yourself. Come on, like keep going. You're, you've got this far. You might as well see it through. And that kind of pulled me out of that low point and I kind of carried on and really started to push forward that's interesting and like I said you're telling stories because you just touched on the steps or albeit the help that you got to get you out of that which is surrounding yourself with people that would push you and say you can do it go ahead and do it obviously in the game there's highs and there's lows we've talked about a low let's talk about a high just now so far what would you say is your proudest entrepreneurial moment my proudest moment would be actually getting featured in the Metro. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. So, I, yeah, I, re I released the book and I went onto my Facebook and I kind of put the link onto my Facebook and put it out into a couple of Facebook groups. Um, and I put it into one of my friend's Facebook groups. And he then contacted me a couple of days later and said, there's um, actually a journalist from the Metro in the group and, and she's contacted me and wants to do a piece on you. And I was like, oh my God. Um, <laughs> nice. And I was kind of like, guys, I'm going to be in the Metro. I was so excited. Um, so I think that was, that was the kind of moment that I realized actually, you know, the, the book is good and people like it and they're interested in why I've written it and the fact that I'm challenging um, the, the stereotypes of how black and Asian minorities are, are kind of presented. So yeah, I would say that's definitely my high my high point that ha happened over over christmas oh, wow. and i just couldn't believe it that i was in the metro <laughs> Oh, that's awesome and hopefully many more highs to come yeah now let, let's touch on when the idea popped in your head when you got the light bulb moment now i know you know the lack of bme characters was one of the drivers for you to put out the book but when did it pop in your head to say right the novel fall in uh, fall in line i'm gonna go ahead and do this it actually happened like when i was 21 and ah. yeah i was just starting my teacher training and they were just talking about changing the exam system right and how they were taking away coursework and and they were going back to old o levels and there was no they weren't allowed the books and the exams and stuff like that and i thought that's really harsh like 
that we're moving backwards. We're not moving forwards. This isn't a society where you have to remember everything off by heart. We've got Google. We've got the internet. What's the point sort of thing? So the idea stemmed from that. Um, and I started writing at 21. The first couple of chapters I started writing then. And then I kind of stopped for a few years. It wasn't until they, like I had a year, a year nine group. And I knew they were going to be the first year group to take the new exams. Mm. And that's what kind of kickstarted it again. I realized just how difficult it was and how uncomfortable the students felt having to deal with this new exam and, you know, them coming to terms with these changes and realizing that actually this does favor certain classes above others. And some people are going to be left to just fail. And yeah, that was the kind of the massive light bulb moment. I realized actually this is something. What if the government do take it too far? What if they change the system again? What if they further try to categorise these students in a way that isn't healthy for them? And the kind of idea just just developed from that. Wow, <laughs> that's awesome. It takes a certain level of courage to want to challenge the system the way you're doing with your book. So for that, I salute you. Now, Charlene, it's time to take you straight into the lion's den. Are you okay. ready, my sister? I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this. It's just quick fire questions. I throw them at you as you come back with the lions to bed. Eh? The first question, what is the best African saying you've ever heard definitely loads of my friends always say it when they're shocked they go blood of Zachariah <laughs> I don't even know what it means but it <laughs> makes me laugh when they <laughs> when they say it so that's definitely the best one that's I've crazy. heard it makes me laugh every time. <laughs> that is crazy that's that's probably surprise shock <laughs> you can use that in like different like fear panic <laughs> so much you can, you can use that on that is crazy. Now, um, we, we touched on this a little bit earlier with building the brand and putting the book out. For, before you wrote Fall in Line, before you started trying to go down the road of changing the mentality, tackling that stereotype, what was holding you back? Confidence. Definitely confidence. Mm. I just, I didn't, I didn't feel like I was good enough. I didn't feel the book was good enough. The idea was good enough. And I was the shy, I used to be the shyest person. I'd be the person in the corner of the room that wouldn't talk to anyone. I'm completely different now. Uh, no, I, don't, I find that hard to believe. Yeah. <laughs> wow. The, the, the confidence of actually putting the thing out. Now, that is something that holds a lot of people back. You ask the question on the show, it's either, oh, fear, lack of confidence, lack of self belief. For yourself, what, what steps do you take very quickly to kind of just get out of that and do your thing? Um, I realized very quickly that nothing good grows from a comfort zone and everyone thinks that being comfortable is a really good thing and it's not so I just had to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and I literally from day to day force myself into uncomfortable situations because it kind of it provokes that fight or flight response and I'm never gonna lose wow. like I always I always <laughs> pull through and I always have to have to kind of save myself so I just put myself into uncomfortable situations I like force myself into it now <laughs> that's deep <laughs> just go out and do it yeah. nothing good comes from a comfort zone now it's just that is I see a quote card all over that that's crazy I'm glad I asked that one thanks for taking us there um social media I've seen what you do on Instagram uh do you do a lot across social um I say I've got I've got Instagram Twitter um and facebook but i'd say my main my main one is instagram 
I just I think my target audience is there right um with young adults and I just I like visually connecting with people rather than um by Twitter and and stuff like that yeah so Instagram you'd say is your preferred platform of choice yeah okay that's crazy is there something you do on Instagram now we can steal from you like a tool or a tip that you can give us to um up our Instagram game um I would say one thing I learned a couple of months ago from um uh, an event building your brand type event people want to invest in you and not the product you're selling so um I've learned to instead of just doing like really quick captions like quick on the go things I've really learned to kind of share my journey a lot more yes. and talk about where I'm struggling and talk about where I'm succeeding mm-hmm. um because the more people invest in you the more they're willing to support and and to help you push your product it's not a, it's obviously it's about the product but it's it's about your ability to connect with people as a person Mm, that is deep <laughs> that's a golden nugget right there and it's so true people buy from people they buy into the story as opposed to um the product it's it's literally all changing and the the sooner you get to telling your story as it is without you know smoke and mirrors or trying to hide anything the sooner you'd build a, a an audience that would evangelize what you do so i totally agree with that thanks for taking us there um daily routines we touched on this earlier with you doing a to-do list on on the (laughs) notes app on your phone um have you got uh, a daily routine for me it's meditation i take 10 to 15 minutes every morning without fail Mm. i don't meditate in a sort of uh, holy or buddha buddhist type way and and all of that stuff it's mainly for me just go to a quiet place first three minutes feel myself with happiness the next three, send blessings and healing to my inner circle, my family. And the last um, four minutes, I just focus on the task of the day. Mm-hmm. Pull that energy in and just get up and go. Uh, for yourself, apart from obviously making a to-do list that we talked about, have you got a, another daily routine that you do that contributes to success? Yeah, I do. Um, my ones, it's, it's like yours actually. So I have a bit of a meditation, but I do it in the evenings rather than in the morning. Um, and I call it Zen at 10. <laughs> so every night awesome. at 10 o'clock, I, I Zen for 10 minutes. And I just think about um, the what kind of, what was good about my day, what was rubbish and what could I potentially do differently. And then I just think I visualise what I want, what my goals are, um, and think about that. Mm. Um, just just for ten minutes, and then I kind of read read my read whatever book I'm reading, um, and kind of get myself off to bed. I don't use any phones or or tablets or anything until well after after ten o'clock at night because it just helps with my sleeping really my sleep pattern all right, right. thanks for taking us there now books uh, your book fall in line tell us a bit about the book what it's about uh, without giving away too much that is because we want people to go out and buy it <laughs> well tell us a bit about the book um so basically it's a dystopian take on the education system so it plays on the idea of the the government and the new head of education taking away the students right to choose their future so it kind of looks at a system that replaces GCSE options and turns it into pathways so it basically cuts off the lower ability students um, from being able to get to university or even get to sixth form so instead of kind of saying oh you'd be suited to this area of work it literally would tell the students you're going to be a bin man you're going to be a lawyer you'll be a doctor and they just don't have a choice and they have no choice but to kind of train for the position they've been given in society and it kind of favors the upper class 
um, and allows the upper class to do a lot more with their lives compared to like the middle and the and the lower classes. So it plays on that idea, and the students aren't happy about it, obviously, and they start to kind of rebel against the government. And they rebel against the new head of education. Oh, wow. So that's kind of the story in a nutshell. And that's available just now on Amazon, is it? Yeah, it's available on Amazon. You can get it online on Waterstones as well. Awesome. I would link up the Amazon and the Waterstones link and get the try to check it out for sure, for sure, for sure. Now, Charlene, it's my absolute pleasure to let you know you have actually conquered the lion's den. That is awesome. Like I said, the energy is on a level. I can, I like I just talk to you. You've got a way with words. I could just listen to you talk uh, over and over again. Uh, for what you do, like I said, challenging that stereotype, I salute you. Uh, we're just starting to wind things up now, but I'd ask a, a final question. And the final question is a really deep one. And the question is, if you had 24 hours to live just now, Charlene, what would you do? Eat. i would i would eat just all of my favorite things Um, and then i'd also i'd just spend loads of time with my friends and family and i would just reminisce and chat about memories and and all the fun things that have happened in life and eat a lot of ice cream wow that is the first. <laughs> that is the first. Does it eat? Wow, that's <laughs> awesome. So it's uh, basically eat your favorite things, spend time with your family, and that's it for you. Yeah, just chat about memories and just good times. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> you you sound like you like ice cream. I do. I love ice cream so much. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Now, like I said, it's been um, an honor having you on. For what you do, I salute you. Thank uh, you. We'll end the show now with you sharing a few words of wisdom and the best way we can connect with you across digital? I would say words of wisdom, like like I said earlier, nothing good grows from a comfort zone. So get comfortable with being uncomfortable because the more you put yourself out there, the more you will connect with like-minded people and um, people that will help to kind of get you where you need to be or want to be in terms of your goals whatever it is Deep. Um, and yeah come and come and follow me on all my social sites yes. so my main platform is instagram follow me on instagram it's char underscore scribbles so c-h-a-r underscore scribbles um and yeah come come and have a follow and look at all my lovely inspirational quotes and stuff Awesome. I'm going to link that up, Charlene. And then there's a website as well. Website is charleneshaw.com. <laughs> nice and easy, Charlene Shaw. Remember the name. Yes, Charlene Shaw. <laughs> now, that's awesome. Like I said, it's been an honor having you on. I'll link it all up, get the try to check it out. And hopefully, we'll catch up soon, eh? Yeah, excellent. It was lovely chatting to you. Hey, tribe. Another one. Episode 31 of the Social African Show. Now head over to the socialafricanshow.com for detailed show notes. There's links to connect with Charlene, links to all the resources we talked about, including the books. Now, coming up next on the Social African Show is another awesome entrepreneur who's killing it in the TV and film production space. So keep it locked this way, try. I'll catch you later. Peace!